Excellent. We're away. We're recording. We have full screen. Great success. Thank you, Emily. Welcome, everybody, to our Wednesday fireside chat, our coaching call. Now, this evening, I've kind of changed the plan a little bit for what I was going to do originally for this evening, because I feel like there's a lot of things that we can... There's a lot of questions that are going on at the moment. You know, we're getting stuck in, we're getting started now, aren't we, with um, the Adventure Readiness Challenge. And for those who are on the... Um, for those who are on the performance program, you've got a lot of things going on as well. There's a lot of moving parts. And I feel like having a call that groups together a lot of people's questions and problem points and challenges is going to be a beneficial call for us all. Because instead of me answering these individually, I might as well answer these as a whole, not necessarily, you know, mentioning names and, and targeting people, but rather to ensure that other people can then benefit from those results and from those answers. So, Let's get stuck in, shall we? So for tonight's fireside chat, I've got a few slides which I can't change because I'm pressing the wrong button. And I'm going to go through some themes. So I'm just going to get rid of some boxes that are in the way. There we go. Now, nutrition, theme number one. Understanding your calories and your requirements. Now, when you've got when we went through everything last week, we were looking through the Nutrition 101 um, workshop for those who have managed to catch up on that. Amazing. That will tell you everything you need to know about your nutrition. But the thing is, how do we know if that's the right amount? Because sometimes it can feel like it's a lawful lot of food. Sometimes it can feel like it's not very much food. And that's the beauty of nutrition because nutrition is so different for every single person that what it means is that we can take things not necessarily with a pinch of salt, but what we can do is we can chop and change things that are going to suit us best. I'm not saying you look at your calorie target and go, oh my God, that's abysmally low, so I'm just going to eat thousands more calories because clearly that's not going to work. But let's look at it this way. What were our priorities? Well, our priorities were looking at energy balance, okay? Understanding how much we're eating in tandem to what our goal is. One of those three camps, remember? So you're either going to be in the weight loss camp, you're either going to be in the sports performance camp, or you're going to be in the healthier living, albeit in a weight-maintaining state camp. Uh, these camps don't roll off the tongue, do they? Now, once you've figured out, obviously outside of clinical conditions, such as maybe PCOS or diabetes or um celiac or having to deal with FODMAPs and things like that outside of those clinical um, situations you're going to fall, fall into one of those three camps so we look at that and go well what are the what's the number one requirement and the number one requirement across the board was energy balance and understanding how much we're eating versus how much we're burning how much we need and everything else clearly if you're in weight loss you're going to need a little bit less because you want to maintain a calorie deficit if you're in sports performance potentially you want a um supplement at a um Oh my goodness me, I can't think of the word. The opposite of a deficit. A surplus, there we go. Um, you obviously, you may want to be in a surplus depending on your situation, but clearly you're going to want to be in at least balance to ensure that you are not breaking your body down. And again, in that sort of healthier living circle, if you're maintaining weight, then of course you need to be in energy balance as well. So number one is our calories and our requirements. So we look at that calories and go, well, that's very good, Ben, but what does 2000 calories actually mean? Well, that's where we start to look at food diaries that's where we start to look at tracking things tracking can be good if you feel like you can have a good grasp of it as in you it can work well if you feel like you can maintain it without getting too obsessive about what it is that you're tracking because as much as you're tracking 2324 calories which is a very specific number for example we don't need to eat 2324 calories we need to be eating there or thereabouts because even though we've got a super specific calorie number there's still a ballpark figure that one or two or 10 or 15 or 50 calories either way really isn't going to make a difference 
Because on the whole, when you're looking at your nutrition, and this is incredibly important to understand, when you're looking at your nutrition, I've got a fly in my room. When you're looking at nutrition around calorie targets, don't look at it from a day-to-day basis. Look at it from a week-on-week basis. All of a sudden, 2,000 calories per day becomes 14,000 calories per week. And that is about, if we think of it as like a bank account, it's a bit like me giving you a wadge of cash, 14,000 pounds for you to spend every single week if you want to spend it. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I would be broke if I tried doing that with my coaching services and gave everyone 14 grand. But let just humor me with this example here. Now, you go through and you have 14 grand, Monday to Sunday, amazing. You might think, do you know what? I'm going to be a little bit more frugal, if that's the right word. Yeah, I guess it's the right word. A bit more frugal with um, money when it comes to the earlier days in the week. So for example, that might be my working days. I'm going to be a little bit more frugal with that money and spend three or 400 pounds less per day, for example. So at the weekends, I've got a little bit more freedom to have some more savings to spend. Well, when it comes to looking at our calories, again, you're looking at it the same way. You're going to cut down a few here. You're going to add a few there. You're going to allow yourself to have some flexibility. But calories is great, but we're not going to be one of those silly examples of like the Twinkie diet and the Dorito diet where people just eat Twinkies and Doritos within a calorie deficit and still lose weight. We don't need to be doing that because clearly that's not optimal health. So we need to break down to the next most important thing, which pretty much across the board was protein. Protein and looking at a macro, not a macro split, as in how many carbs and fats and proteins, but focusing mainly on protein and then looking at fiber and hydration and stuff. But why do we focus on protein? Well, we focus on protein because in camp number one for weight loss, protein is satiating, very, very important. Another one for camp number one in weight loss is protein helps maintain the muscle mass that you've already got. So instead of going on low protein and low calorie, where you're going to be breaking down protein and muscle and burning body fat, you are using that protein to maintain that body mass, that body muscle, so that you can then become leaner rather than thinner. And there's a little bit of a difference there. Now, the other one here is looking at camp number two. Well, protein is super important for our immune system, for our regrowth and, re, uh, um, and recovery, for building muscle, for athletic performance, for sleep, everything else. Really, really good for camp two. And camp number three for general healthy life. Again, sleep, immune system, looking at our recovery systems, just making sure that we are a fully functioning, healthy human being. Clearly, protein is very important. Now, one of the interesting questions here was, whoops, I've lost my mouse. One of the really interesting questions here was, what if my protein target looks really high? And the thing is, this is where this is where nutrition gets a little bit more vague, a little bit more fluffy and a little bit more gray. Now, I would love to say here, hey, you know, you've got to have 1.7 grams per kilo body weight of protein and you want to make sure you're hitting that. Uh, I don't know maths off the top of my head particularly well, but let's say you're 100 kilos, one point times that by 1.7, that's 170. Quick maths, well done, Ben. Uh, 170 grams of protein per day. That's quite a lot of protein per day. Um, so you're going to be having quite a lot there, right? And you might look at that and go, 170 kilograms of protein, that's an awful lot of protein. And you might be looking at that going, how am I going to achieve that? And that's where that tracking bit or that food diary bit comes in, because that is that week that it takes or two weeks or even three weeks, but definitely not more than three weeks of tracking and logging what you're eating to figure out what's high in protein that you normally eat. Because we don't need to go to Tesco's and buy gourmet menus week on week on week on week with everything being changeable. If you're anything like any other normal human being with, you know, the 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 the. Oh my goodness me, I'm struggling with my words this evening. Nope, it's gone. Come on, Ben, come back to me. 
with the privilege of Tesco's really wasn't worth waiting for. Was it that sentence? If you're one of these people that's got, you know, you've got the privilege of Tesco's around the corner and you can go to these shops and you can have, you know, international foods at your fingertips. Well, even then, you're still not going to be eating more than, say, 10, max 20 different recipes pretty much forever, right, on the reg. Now, we need to look at those and go, well, OK, well, what do I eat on the reg? Well, actually, maybe I have porridge every morning. You know, maybe I have yogurt every evening after put after after dinner. Maybe my dinners are kind of cycling through very similar things. We got very similar things from the from the supermarket because we are very habit driven animals as human beings. So you start looking at that and going, yeah, I do eat the same thing on a Wednesday. Yeah, I, I have st- come from the mentality of a Chinese takeaway on a Friday. Don't try not to do that, please. You know, you're, you're going through those things of having some having some frequency and having some routine in what it is that you're eating. So you look at that frequency and routine and track it once or twice and and have a look at it and go, hey, do you know what? That homemade chicken ramen, if you're a fancy pants in the kitchen, that homemade chicken ramen, for example, that's got an entire chicken breast in it. It's got some, you know, it's got some buckwheat noodles in it. It's got a tea stained egg. I'm going really posh here. This is not how I eat normally. You know, you've got all these different things. Well, they're all going to be relatively high in protein. So, you know, that entire dish maybe has got 50 or 60 grams of protein in it. Amazing. Well, 50 or 60 grams, that's quite a large portion of that 170 to hit per day in this analogy or in this example. So maybe your breakfast is, you know, maybe that's some oats and some milk and some fruit or whatever. And maybe you're getting, you know, unless you're adding protein into it, you're going to scratch the barrel at maybe 10 or 12, let's say 10 grams of protein for that breakfast. Ideally, it would be higher. But if we're not putting things like protein powder into it or we're not putting yogurt into it or we're not specifically having very high protein things for breakfast, then, you know, you're going to get another 10. Okay, so that's 50. Maybe let's go 60 for dinner. Uh, you've got 10 for your breakfast if you're being very, uh, very um, conservative here. So you're at 70. So you've still got 100 grams of protein to go. Well, let's say lunch, you have something similar to dinner, right? So you have a chicken breast, maybe you've got some like egg, or you've got some salad and some hummus and some bits and pieces and some whole grain bread, for example. You know, again, you could potentially get another 50 or 60 grams in that lunch. Well, even then, Ben, that's not, that's that's still not the whole amount, is it? So if we're looking at 60 grams for tea, um, 50 grams for lunch, let's say, so that's 110, quick maths, Ben, 10 grams for breakfast, 140, you're still missing 50 grams of protein. Well, as much as that seems like that's almost like an entire meal, that's where protein shakes can really come in handy. Because when you do your training in the afternoon or the morning or whatever, and you sip on a protein shake after, amazing. Maybe you have a snack after dinner and you have 100 grams of Greek yogurt. Well, that's another 10 grams. Amazing. Maybe you mix some protein powder in with that. Maybe you have um, a high protein mid-afternoon snack, for example, which could ramp that up by 20 or 30 grams. And all of a sudden that 170 becomes a little bit more achievable. And we haven't really been pumping tons of high protein foods here. I mean, for example, for breakfast this morning, one of my go-to of three sort of go-to breakfasts is a breakfast burrito, get a wrap. Uh, I put some fancy chipotle salsa stuff on it because it's like crack and I love it. Um, I get a three egg omelette, which is just like eggs whisked, chuck it in a frying pan, omelette it, chuck it on the wrap. So three eggs, that's about 18 grams of protein. Uh, You're going to have two or three grams. Let's round that up to 20 grams um, for the wrap. So 20 grams in protein in total. Um, I would get like a fillet of salmon. I get those like packets of steamed salmon, put one of those in there. So one of those again, because salmon's quite quite high in omega-3 fatty acids as well. So it's not quite as lean as chicken. It's slightly less protein. So per fillet, you're looking at around 20 to 25 let's be conservative and say 20. All of a sudden, we're looking at 40 grams of protein in that one wrap already. Um, And I'll chuck a bit of avocado in there because I'm a hipster. And that's about it, really. 
wrap that up. Fantastic. About 400 calories, uh, roughly speaking off the top of my head, about 40 uh, grams of protein. So again, relatively small, relatively high protein uh, breakfast that doesn't really require too much thinking. Again, lunch, I'll always have chicken cooked in the fridge. I'll always have like roast potatoes and bits and pieces and hummus and cottage cheese and all that sort of thing. I basically just mix it together. You end up with 40 or 50 grams for lunch. Dinner, um, at the moment, I tend to be having prep kitchen prepped meals, bang it in the microwave because I'm lazy and I'm a bit um, slack for time. So I don't spend too much time cooking. Um, so again, each one of those is about 60 grams of protein. So again, you're looking there at what, 90, 150 grams across three meals. We're not pumping high protein all the time. You know, if I have a snack in the afternoon, I want a couple of pieces of toast. I'm not going to smear protein butter on that toast. I'm just going to eat toast because I like toast or have a bowl of Kellogg's Crunchy Nut if I'm if I if I need that that afternoon lift of cereal because cereal is life. You know, these are things where we're not super focused on protein with every single thing we put in our mouth. I don't want you to go out on a Saturday morning for your coffee and your almond croissant and think, oh, how much protein's in this almond croissant? Just eat the almond croissant. You know, I feel like we're getting into such a weird situation where society is pushing us to go protein, protein, protein on everything. It's not really necessary. Nail the three meals a day. If you eat three meals a day, if you eat more, great. Nail protein across the board a little bit more. If you eat less, fine. Focus on protein more highly in those other meals throughout the day. Now, when it comes to it, here's the kicker. Here's the gray area of nutrition. But what if eating 170 grams of protein makes you feel too full? Well, if your goal is weight loss, don't overeat. If you're full, you're full. If you're full and you've had 120 grams of protein, you're full and you've had plenty of it. Great. Awesome. Remember that these figures are always ballpark figures based on the sums, based on the mathematics, not based on me understanding everything about your metabolism. You might have chronically under-eaten, for example, or eaten different things, which means that, you know what, you've got a slave, maybe slightly smaller stomach, maybe a slightly slower metabolism. Maybe you just get full quicker. Maybe you're looking at the pictures of this food, for example, in the background. I mean, what we got there, we've got some sort of like fancy Chinese pork rice bowl. You know, one of those bowls might do you fine. I might have to have four, you know, and there's a difference between the two of us. The thing is, if you are focusing on protein on three meals a day, you know, your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner, if indeed you're eating those, as I said earlier, and you're focusing on protein on those, you're going to be fine. For the vast majority of people here, your goal is over 100 grams. So if you hit one day only 100 grams, you're still fine because you are doing the right thing in terms of focusing on it over the longer term. If you turn around and say, hey, um, in fact, do you know what? I'll pull the example question up. I will pull it up right now. I won't mention names, but it's a very useful question that I want to answer correctly. So standby team, I'll open the question now. Where has it gone? There it is. Okay, just want to ask a bit more about protein take. I'm currently about weight loss goal, 1.5 to 2 grams ends up being a hell of a lot of protein. Okay, dokie. So let's use 100 kilos for the ease of mathematics for this uh, for this equation. So you take your body weight and you times by 1.5 to 2. Well, 1.5 times 100 is 152 is 200. So you're looking somewhere between 150 and 200 grams. I'm going to throw it out there. You don't need to eat 200 grams of protein. The, the upper end of the echelon is only if, if you've got a big metabolism and you're constantly hungry, then yeah, we want to up the protein. Why? Because protein is going to slow that metabolism. Protein is going to make you feel more satiated. But if you're at the bottom end of that and you're like, Do you know what? I'm full. You know, it feels like a lot of food and you're hitting 150. Maybe you're hitting 130. It's still you're having more than you uh, more than you have been having before. Remember this, like 
the recommended daily allowance of protein per day based on the eat well abomination of of um, nutrition advice the eat well plate from the from the government is 0.8 grams remember that that's to take an entire population of 85 million people or however many we are nowadays one step above deficiency because they need to get the mass population above deficiency well you don't wake up in the morning do you and say hey i want to be one step above deficiency today what a great day that's going to be no you think i want to be living the best i can be we don't need to be force feeding ourselves whey protein powder before we go to bed crying into our bag as we're scooping this dry mixture of powder just trying to get our protein in you need to look at it and go hey am i prioritizing this is in this specific weight loss goal. Am I prioritizing protein in most of my dishes per day? Yes. Awesome. Check one. Am I then prioritizing variety and plants doing the 35 per week? Am I nailing that? Again, per meal, mostly throughout the day. Yes. Check number two. Am I still enjoying my life? Yes. Check number three. And that enjoyment of life comes from having the flapjack every now and then, the croissant every now and then, enjoying yourself, not thinking about putting protein powder in your coffee in the morning. You know, we don't need to go absolutely mental with it. We just need to make sure that we are focusing on it. There's a difference between perfection and focus. And I'll come on to that later. But it was a great question. And in fact, the second part of the question is, is that what I should be aiming for? Is there any benefit in using a target or an ideal weight instead? And again, that's such an amazing intuitive question. Is that what I should be aiming for? Or is there any benefit in using a target or ideal weight instead? What an amazing, insightful question, because... If you were very overweight, and I'm talking 150 kilos plus, then yes, you know, aiming for a calorie target that is more aligned to your target body weight, albeit within a realistic target, you can't say, hey, I'm 160 kilos and I want to be 90. So I'm going to start eating like a 90 kilo weight person. I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm saying this to be realistic. It's my job to then temper that with expectation management. Well, instead of saying, hey, I'm 160 kilos and I want to lose... Um, 50 kilos so i'm going to start eating like somebody who's 110 kilos you say hey let's get the first 10 kilos down first so let's set our calorie target to 150 maybe 140 to bring that down sustainably because no matter what weight you start at on a weight loss perspective no matter what weight you start off if you are focusing on losing weight we need to start getting the momentum going we need to start losing the first kilo let alone the 20th or whatever it is that your goal is like Let's do the first one first. And in order to do that, we need to work out what works best for you. So we look at the calorie targets, we look at the protein targets, we look at the variety targets, you know, the fiber, the vegetables, the fruits, and we figure out what works for you. Eating fiber, eating fruits, eating protein will fill you up. If you're hydrated as well, you're going to be full. The last thing we want is that like distended full, you know, uncomfortable full. I want you to eat a meal and be like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm not hungry anymore. Rather than like, oh my God, I've got to go and lay down and digest. Don't talk to me. And there's no point if those figures are too high, i.e. just not achievable for you or obtainable for you for your current metabolism rate, then great, we can dial it down. So looking at that, you know, if we're looking at 1.5 to 2 grams per kilo body weight, let's go on the lower end to start off with and see if we nail that. Are we losing weight on that? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, amazing, stick at it. Do you feel good? Yes, amazing, stick at it. If the answer is no to weight loss and no to feeling good, then right, maybe we need to drop it down further because maybe that's what your body requires. This needs to be one of the most important things that I impart to you all who are focusing on weight loss, people. If you're going to look at figures, if you're going to look at calories and you're going to look at grams, I need you and I implore you to look at these with a critical thinking mindset. 
And I'm not saying that as some sort of like bullshitty coaching thing. I'm saying that to just look at it and don't just panic when you see the numbers. Because I know how the feeling goes. I've, I've literally been there myself as a scrawny little person in the army trying to get buff and dench and it never worked. Like I look at these figures and you're like, oh man, I need to be eating these grams. And I'd be like scoffing down, you know, uh, weighing out my cottage cheese, weighing out my my, my um, pineapple, mixing it together, having a protein shake and like my toilet would hate me. Sorry, graphic, I know, but that's the reality of it all. And I'm panicking about the numbers and the and the, and the calories and the percentages. We need to take a step back. We need to understand what's going on. You need to make sure first and foremost that you feel full, satiated and happy because you want to be able to get out and move and do stuff. The full, satiated and the happy needs to come then from quality nutrition. Well, what is quality? We know that quality is filling your fridge like Hannah did earlier in that picture, you know, filling it full of vegetables and fruits and cool stuff. You know, we want to be focusing on protein. We want to be eating decent foods. We want to be cooking meals where we can cook meals. We want to be having as little stress behind our nutrition as humanly possible without then going, right, whatever this phone tells me based on my targets is exactly what to eat because you're not a machine. You're not a bodybuilder. And that's not the way we need to be doing it. You need to look at that with a critical thinking mindset and say, hey, that formula there says I need to eat 2000 calories and 160 grams of protein, let's say for argument's sake. You know, like, 2000 calories is a lot. Like based on what I've tracked here, you know, normally I'm eating like 1800. I just I'm not losing weight at 1800. So why does that say I need to be at 2000? For example, this is the critical thinking mindset. You're looking at that going, well, if I need to be in deficit and I'm eating 1800 calories because I've just tracked it for a week here. Well, I'm going to try eating 1700 and I'm going to cut the booze out of the weekend or, you know, I'm just going to watch what Chinese I have on the weekend. For example, usually the habits of the weekend are what makes everything go to pot. And you're going to watch your habits. And then, hey, look at 160 grams of protein. That's quite a lot of protein. Like I, I, I've tried to get to 160 and I'm just too full. Right? It's just too much. I don't want to waste food. So do you know what? I'm going to go for 150. And that's a bit more achievable for me. I feel okay at that. Yes, I'm focusing highly on protein, but I'm still losing weight. I'm feeling satiated. I'm feeling okay. And you're using yourself as an experiment to push yourself forward. Very, very important. Very, very empowering place to be. It does not need to be more complicated than that, folks. We need to understand how much we can eat versus what we're burning. We need to make sure that we're eating protein. We need to make sure that we are eating um, variety. If you do that and hydrate, you're, you're going to be fine. You are going to be fine. But I implore you to exercise a critical thinking mindset because that critical thinking mindset is going to serve you in the long term as well. When it comes to all that crap you see on social media about, hey, you should buy fuel. Don't buy fuel. It sucks. Um, you should be on this particular diet. You should be eating this particular way. Critical thinking mindset. Intermittent fasting, that's the best thing ever. Well, what's it doing? Critical thinking mindset. Well, it's taking my breakfast from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. So I'm just reducing the time window that I've got in the day to eat. Well, then by the time I get to 12 p.m., I want to eat lunch. I don't want to eat breakfast. So actually, intermittent fasting is just skipping breakfast, right? Well, that's skipping potentially 400 calories a day. And I think I can do that because I'm not particularly hungry in the morning. I've been sold this lie by big Kellogg's that um, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And I've been eating breakfast. Jeez, I don't need to. Huh. And now I've just saved 400 calories per day by intermittent fasting. Oh, that's just the title of that overall method. Principles versus methods. As the uh, Emerson quote goes, um, of methods, there are a million and then some principles, there are few. The man or the woman who grasps um, the principles will be able to make their own methods. The principle here is skipping breakfast is an energy deficit the method here is something called intermittent fasting and if people shout and scream about intermittent fasting or you know eating 
cows testicles or whatever people do on the internet nowadays if they shout and scream about it long enough and they've got a big enough audience all these myths and fads they kind of take hold right <laughs> slimming world anyway nutrition done i hope that helps for the people who know that question was from i hope that has answered your question if it has not please pipe up in the messages or direct me on message and i will help you even further but i hope that has served you in some way my computer is not serving me because I can't change slide. Fitness, perfection in your training program. Here we go. Now then, I love the picture in the background because I'm banging on about putting crosses on the calendar all the bloody time. When it comes to training, perfection is not your goal. Consistency is the big, ugly C word of consistency. It's the war of attrition on fitness. No one cares about perfection. I don't care about perfection. I don't care that you're perfect in your training sessions. I care that you are able to turn up every day and give it your best shot. If you're ill, and I know there are some people here who are ill and struggling, don't try and do a 20-minute AMRAP because you'll vomit everywhere and it'll be really unpleasant. If you're really up against it with work and it's a really particularly busy time right now, you can't do an hour's work at worth of workout at 11 p.m. at night because it's the only time you can thumb it in. But you can do a 15-minute workout. If you're ill, you can go for a walk. It might be a struggle, but go for a walk. You're putting the crosses on that calendar. You're still maintaining activity. And that has to be one of the most important things about this journey. No one cares about perfection in fitness. And I really want you to understand that. I'm not perfect in my training. I'm far from perfect in my training. But I'll give it my best shot to turn up every day and put the crosses on the calendar. There are times I, the last thing I want to do is train. There are times where I'm ill. There are times where I'm busy. There are times where I'm just late because I've just got caught up in doing stuff. There are times I'm away. But I still got to do something. That's why I put a pull-up bar above my door in the office. Every time I pass it, bash out some pull-ups, good to go. I'm doing something still. Don't ever put yourselves down for missing a training session if you miss a training session you miss a training session move on go, get after it tomorrow make up for it by doing some steps just do anything go outside walk the dog do whatever if you want to make the dog walking harder get a rucksack put some weight in it take that job done and leave that rucksack by the door in case you do miss it i do exactly the same put all my rock climbing hardware all the metal work and stuff in a rucksack weighs an absolute ton uh, and then when i take the dog for a walk i go up there's a little hill just past the house go up there put my rucksack on and it burns my legs out a little bit so if i've missed today's workout I can still do that and still get a bit of a leg burn on it, still get my heart rate up and still working. You are winning the war of attrition by dealing in consistency and understanding, right, I'm ill. I need to focus on recovery, variety, hydration, protein, sleep, rest, anti-stress, get out for a walk, get some fresh air, breathe a bit, chill, have a bath. All those things that are going to help you recover more is more important than doing a 20-minute AMRAP. Missing a session because you're super busy. First of all, identify why you were super busy. Is there something that we need to work on there? Are you too stressed? Is there too many things going on? If there is, great. Journal it. Let's write it down. Let's figure out what's going on there. And then move on. Tomorrow's another day. I missed today's session. Well, can I do something? Yes, of course I can, because I can drop on the floor and do 10 push-ups. If you can't do 10 push-ups, do them on your knees. If you can't do them on your knees, lean on the sofa. If you can't lean on the sofa, lean against the bloody wall. But move anything you can. It's like the saying goes, if you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, drag yourself. You know, at least you're doing something. 
And if you miss the perfect training session on your training program, then fine, adios, see you tomorrow, try again. If you're consistently missing things because you're too busy, the workout isn't the problem. The time management is. And I'm not saying you're bad at time management. I'm saying there's something that's taking too much of your time and energy, too much of your mental bandwidth. Something is out of balance there. So I feel like that's answered that one. That was slightly less ranty than the nutrition one, but I feel like that's kind of concisely piece that together i hope that helps mindset keep the dominoes falling i'm sure that there was a question here and i can't quite remember what it was it's going to come back to me but ultimately this is kind of again working on the world on the on the um story of consistency and it's kind of i guess i've kind of announced it in the in the previous slide here haven't i really but we need to make sure that we are maintaining the dominoes because i love these pictures in the background they're great aren't they and the hand in the middle of the dominoes is clearly stopping progression. It's stopping forward momentum. Because like I said before, you miss a workout, do something, do anything. You're ill, do something, do anything. If you can literally get up off the sofa 10 times because you're sofa bound, great. You've still done something amazing. Have a drink of water, chill out, watch Lord of the Rings. You know, but you're still maintaining those dominoes falling. And the key thing here is to accept that. Because life's never perfect. We're all, we're all, we're all going to get ill. We're all going to have busy days. We're all going to have shitty times. We're all going to have this hardship that's coming to us. We're going to have horribly emotional times that are going to really test our mental resilience and our resolve to do stuff. God only knows I've been going through that myself the last five months. It sucks. It does. But you have to keep the dominoes falling. And this is something that this translates to every single aspect of your life. And I'm now talking directly to some people and you, you people listening on the podcast, you will know you people watching in the background, you will know who you are. This is maintaining habits. Habits are dominoes here. One leads onto the other, leads onto the other, leads onto the other, leads onto the other. We can't have breaks in these habits. That's why I talk about non-negotiables. Because your non-negotiables are not some cool like mindset hack, some trendy thing to talk about. Your habits dictate your character. Your character dictates who you are. You can change those at any time. But right now, as a snapshot in time, they dictate and define who you are. Are your habits watching TV all day? Picking snooze on the alarm. Oh, roll over and be like, I don't want to get out of bed, so I'll just sit and scroll social media. Are they, oh, do you know, I just can't face the bloody day. So I'm just going to eat some bullshit on the way to work. And I'm going to go to work. I'm going to moan about work all day. I'm going to come back. I'm going to moan about work all night. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to watch some TV in bed. I'm going to scroll off my phone until 11 p.m. And I'm going to rinse and repeat and do it again. I'm not picking on people here. I'm saying this is exactly what I've done at some point in my life. And it sucks. Because you stop the dominoes from falling. Whereas if you turn around and say, hey, wake up. Let's change this. This isn't right. Nothing. This isn't right. Something's got to change. I've put the hand in the dominoes. The dominoes have stopped falling. I need to. I need to. I need to get back into it. I need to change this and start those dominoes falling again. You wake up in the morning and you go, "Do you know what? I'm not going to click snooze on the bloody alarm. I'm going to put the alarm outside the door so I have to get up. Or I'm going to be super motivated the night before and in the morning I'm going to bloody well hold myself accountable to do it." Change the background on my phone to say, do what you bloody well said you were going to do and get out of bed. Or change the alarm tone to anything else. Change the alarm name to anything else. Instead of just saying alarm, it says, get the fuck out of bed. You change your environment. Same with work. 
Are you getting ridden at work all the time? And it's just take, 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 take. And you don't have any time left. And you're like, why am I so passionate about the job that I do? But I just come home and I feel railroaded all the time. And I'm just knackered because I'm just dealing with people's garbage all the time because I don't have any boundaries. I don't have any assertiveness. I can't put my boundaries on work because it seems that work is the only thing that I've got. Maybe it's something else where it's a case of Maybe I put all of my self-worth, all of my self-value into work. And you know something? It's not that important to me, but I keep telling myself that it is because quite frankly, I'm not saying anything else is important to me anymore. So I'm not dealing with my hobbies anymore. I'm not bothering with my body and my health and my mindset and how I interact with my friends and my family. You've put the hand in the dominoes. Something's changed and something has to change again in order to to push off again in order to, 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 to maintain that momentum once more. I feel like I've gone on a rant here because pretty much every single one of those examples is something that I have lived. It's horrible. But it's life. It happens. It does, really does happen. And you've got to think, well, have I stopped my dominoes from falling? Have I gone through all these habits that I thought were really, really good for me? And I've just stopped. Why have I stopped? I'll tell you why you've stopped because it wasn't important to you anymore. And you can lie to yourself and say, oh yeah, yeah, it was important to me, but I just couldn't do it. You're lying to yourself. Something happened and it changed that level of importance for you. And there's nothing you can do about it, except it. But you can change that now. You can't go back and change your mindset and be like, oh my God, I can undo all this work. You can't do that. But what you can do is say, hey, that's enough. These are my boundaries now. Leave me alone outside of work time. Don't talk to me past 5 p.m. Go away. I'm going to the gym now. Don't bother me in the gym. I'm going to put my music on. I'm going to go upstairs and read my book for an hour before I go to bed. I'm going to take the dog for a walk and I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to have boundaries. I'm going to set some time for me. I'm going to get those dominoes and I'm going to make them fall because these are habits and things that are super important for me. This far goes, far transcends food and fitness right now. This is habits in every single aspect of your life. This is habits in you getting out and doing your weekly adventures, if that's what gets you going. This is habits in you doing your daily swims, if that's what gets you going. Habits in eating a carrot every day. I don't care what gets you going. I care that you maintain it and it's important to you and it's productive and progressing you forward to the best version of yourself. That's what I care about. And that's what you need to care about. So we need to take a long, hard look in the mirror sometimes and say, hey, what's going on here? Have I stopped my dominoes? Because if I've stopped my dominoes, I need to do something about it. There we go. There's my rant over. Adventure. Setting intention for context. Yes. Amazing. Putting your training into context. Let's lighten the tone, shall we? Now, when it comes to putting your training into context, I've talked about this before. I think it's very, very important. We're all training for adventurous things here because we're adventurous people and we like mountains and stuff. That's cool. We need to make sure that on the reg, we are getting out at least once per month, at least for a long weekend per uh, quarter, and at least for a week if you can afford the leave per uh, six months every half a year to get out and put yourself in that specific environment i know hannah was just in northern scotland recently you know i've been in majorca recently it's been amazing you're doing cool things you're putting yourself all of your training all of your um development all of your stuff into context for you being the best version of you that's what we need to do we need to set that intention we need to look at that and go hey i want to do these things and these are the things that i think i want to do I had a wonderful conversation with a client and, and he'll, he'll know if he's listening to this. I hope you're listening to this on the podcast. I will be testing you later. 
And it was like, hey, I want to do these things, but I don't know what I can train for. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get there. And I'm not entirely sure what I actually can do. Amazing. Find a blank book or a blank Google search. Search the things that you like to do, whether that's mountain running or whatever in the UK or in Wales or whatever, and go on Google Images and say, hey, I want to run up that. And then you come back to me and say, what does it take? And I'll tell you what it takes because I'll get you there. But along that journey, you say, hey, if I'm looking at mountain running because I like running in mountains, I'm going to go find some mountains that want to run in. Can I go and run in mountains? Great. Let's start in hills. Let's go somewhere relatively tame and safe so we can learn the skills and adapt. And then we're going to go into the mountains. Then we're going to push it and see what happens. Great. We're setting the intention for putting all of our training into context. It's a very sad life if you spend your life training for mountains and never see mountains. So there we go. There's a little pearl of wisdom for me. Always set the intention for context in your adventures. Think about what you're training for. Think about what the best version of you is capable of doing and what it does on the reg and go and do it. Go and find a way of doing it. And if you're stuck in finding a way of doing it, then message me and I will help you. But most of the time, we set the bar too high. Set it low enough so you can go out and achieve it. It doesn't have to be a mountain. It could be the Reekin, if you know anything about Shropshire. It's a relatively small hill, but it's a hill. You go and climb that and you're like, yes, go and have a coffee in the morning and watch the sunrise. Now the sunrise is like 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, go and sit and watch the sunrise on top of a hill with a coffee in the morning, in the cold, in your bivy jacket. Amazing. You're putting context in your training, living your best life. Very, very important. Now then, I'm going to end this on a wonderful quote, which for those who have been with me for a little bit longer will know that I have definitely repeated multiple, multiple, multiple times. Now, first and foremost, the mountain in the background is called El Capitan, um, part of Yosemite National Park, a fantastic monolith of rock with some of the world's most famous rock climbs, one of which is actually the other side of the wall. I couldn't find the right angle because I forgot to, um, well, I don't think Canva would have had the right picture, but... The other side of this is something called the Dawn Wall. And if you haven't seen the Dawn Wall, go and watch the Dawn Wall. Buy it. It's amazing. Tommy Caldwell and Kevin, you know, Kevin Jorgensen. And they climbed literally the hardest route known on this entire rock face by free climbing it. It's absolutely insane. Amazing story. One of the quotes that I've taken from this, which sticks with me for a very, very, very long time, and I love it and love it and love it and love it, is Kevin Jorgensen, when they said they had, they got to this one point, the hardest bit of climbing, just like polished granite, and they're trying to climb 300 feet across this like horizontal traverse, horrible, horrible climbing, Tommy Caldwell being one of the world's greatest climbers was struggling and struggling and struggling, finally got it, Kevin Jorgensen, one of the, one of the world's greatest boulders, struggling, 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 looked like a sad story, looked like he wasn't going to make it, and he was just like, this is ridiculous. And he said, we never knew if we were wasting our time or in the pursuit of something grand. And I love that saying. And this is why I love it. Because sometimes when you're in the locker of training and development and doing stuff, sometimes it does feel like you're wasting your time. Sometimes you don't really know why you're doing it. Sometimes you do lose context. And these people lost context and they're at the top of the game and they're doing the same thing. So when you're doing your push-ups and you're losing context, know that people do it right at the top of the game as well. We never knew if we were wasting our time or in the pursuit of something grand. And clearly they did something grand. They did something amazing. They did something incredible, earth-shatteringly good. And in relativity to where you are now, that could be 10 straight push-ups. That could be Ultra Trail Snowdonia 25k. That could be climbing your next Munro. That could be going rock climbing, going mountain biking, do whatever it is that you do. Sometimes when you're plugging away, you don't know if you're wasting your time or whether you're in the pursuit of something grand. You can't see the context. You just have to keep going. And that's the secret. Keep going. 
because you will find out in the end either way or the other and you'll be like bloody hell it was miserable and you'll never say it was a waste of your time you'll just say hey that's probably not for me or you'll turn around and say that was awesome so there's never a negative outcome because you're never going to be wasting your time in the pursuit of adventure you're just going to find something you maybe don't want to do or don't like doing and move on to something else that you do like doing or you're going to succeed do something grand and you're going to feel amazing about it so there we go a wonderful saying to end on um and that was not meant to be there never mind <laughs> with an additional slide so there we go team i'm going to end it there on that particular slide i hope you all enjoyed this evening's rant um, it was a little bit longer than I was anticipating. I thought it was going to be a short call, but there we go. I get very passionate about these sort of things. But ultimately, team, know that you're doing phenomenal things. Each and every single one of you listening to this, watching this, re-watching this, re-listening to this, I don't care. You're all here doing amazing things. You might think you're struggling. Put perspective on that struggle. If you're struggling for a couple of days, it's only a couple of days. Do what you can and move on. And the more you can absorb that mindset of doing what you can and moving on, doing what you can and moving on, doing what you can and moving on, the more you're going to be able to apply it to everything else in your life. There is nothing more important in this world than you and you doing what's right for you. Don't get sucked into anything else, any other vortex of other stuff. Keep doing you because you're doing awesome. There we go. Team, happy Wednesday. Peace. Any questions, message me. I'm right here for you every step of the way. Let's do it.